Hello and welcome to the Grassroots Coachcast, episode 9. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dave. And I'm Ben. Good evening. Today we're going to be talking about managing parents. So, Ben... Uh, I guess the first thing is we've we've had a bit of a shocking weekend again with the with the old weather, haven't we? Well, yeah. I mean, we we um, we spent some of yesterday together um, after we went to front of the concourse on Thursday for the uninitiated. It was awesome, even though we were late and had to do the walk of shame uh, to our <laughs> seats when everybody else was fully seated. <laughs> Uh, that that, that it, was the longest walk in the world, so it, it was pretty mortifying, um, and not something I would like to repeat in a hurry. <laughs> we um, we thought we had a, a little bit more time, didn't we? So we were trying to sneak yeah. another pint in at the bar, and then I think as we got into the theatre and saw there was not a single person there other than the stewards, <laughs> it was like, oh. oops, never mind. It was good. <laughs> um, it was it was positively balmy yesterday it was like i think when i got home it was 16 degrees and i actually went out and i i almost i almost took my hoodie off because it was that warm um and then i just thought it can't surely it's not gonna they must have got this i was i thought it was another um michael fish moment you know when he mm-hmm. said it was going to be in that hurricane or he said oh we won't have a hurricane and then sure enough a hurricane michael fish. now that's a reach isn't it yeah, not 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 John Catley. Yeah, Michael Fish. <laughs> um, and then even friends on Facebook were kind of posting, oh, it's not going to snow. And sure enough. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit grim. So, obviously, it's, it's caused carnage in the old grassroots football world. So, my lad's game, my lad actually was ill. So, um, he didn't play today. He wasn't going to play. And I, I was convinced that this game would be called off because it was snowing from probably, I don't know what time, seven o'clock onwards. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they played and um, they actually played the game and they abandoned it at half time. So, uh, yeah, it's not just at the top level that happens. So, I mean, I'm so glad we didn't go because I'd have been devastated to have turned up, frozen, got muddy. <laughs> and being told, oh, do you know what? Let's just go home. <laughs> yeah, it does. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, as things stand, we are due to play tomorrow um, on the three G. So I'm hoping it will stand up to it. But I don't know because it's still snowing here, and we've got snow till three or four in the morning apparently. So but it's not it's not heavy. But it's just whether it's going to sit on the pitch, and they might think, well, it's probably a bit too much for the kids to play in it. But we'll see. I'm hoping it will. It'll go ahead, so we'll find out in the morning. But I'll need to know early doors because I think the team we're playing have got to travel for an hour, mm-hmm. and we've got a quarter to eleven kickoff, so they need to know really by probably nine o'clock-ish. So we'll see what see what the morning brings. But I gather you uh, you get everybody in the car ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but just what happens? So so you're gonna you're gonna get to the pitch for nine o'clock? Do a quick uh, how no, does a pitch inspection work? <laughs> on a 3G pitch I don't know I presume our general manager will, well there's games due to start I think the first game on our pitch is half nine ah uh, okay so I would think you're going to have opposition turning up for nine ish um, and obviously the home team so I, they're going to have to make a decision really early because 
people are going to be travelling to get there for that half nine game. So I'll just wait and check my emails and texts and stuff, and I'll probably just send a message to the opposition just to reassure them that the game is on if it's on. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think as long as it, I mean, I've got no idea how these pitches play in terms of do they freeze, do they not freeze. I've seen it before when it's been very cold and you get a little. It looks like frost on it, but when you walk on it, obviously it's it's not rock hard. It's just soft. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's not real grass. So um, I think certain United played a few weeks ago when that last cold snap was here and they had a Tuesday night game and it was like minus three and they managed to play the game on it and it wasn't frozen. So I, I presume they, because it, it's not grass, it just plays a bit differently. So I would guess the GM will be there first thing tomorrow early and he'll just say, I mean, the other week when it got called off, it got called off the day before and they did a sort of blanket, the league did a blanket ban on all games, irrespective of the pitch. Right. So if, you've got, if you've got a 3G, all the games are abandoned. But they've not done that this weekend. They've they've not sent any messages out. So I think they're just leaving it up to people. If they think the 3G is playable, then you can play. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. So, yeah, like you say, we, we were all in the car. <laughs> so got got all the kids up ready um first message came through my daughter's team um that that game was cancelled so i'd arranged a lift uh you know because i had to try and get my to my daughter's team and my son's team and so uh <laughs> one match was cancelled and then uh still got in the car thinking that the second match was still on and then uh, just before we got too far, we got the message, oh, that one's cancelled as well. So <laughs> could have just could have just had a lie in bed. So I, I was feeling uh, a, a bit disappointed by it. But I think um, I think if I'd have played the first half of the match, that that's much much worse. You know, they, yeah. <laughs> it'd only be worse if you got to like two minutes to the end and they called it off. But um, yeah, yeah, that uh, I think that'd really, really annoy me. That actually, you know, calling it well, off. I mean, it, I thought, well, they well the reason they gave as well. They said it wasn't because of the pitch. They said it because it was too cold, which I found quite bizarre. I mean, if the pitch is fine and you've started the game, I don't understand. I mean, you know. I think the problem is my lad's team, he's got six subs, which isn't ideal. So you're going to have subs for 10 Yeah, minutes, yeah. Stood still, which probably isn't ideal. But, I mean, you've just got to get them running around, haven't you, without being too harsh on it. Just keep them keep them warm, get them wrapped up, get them running around with a ball, um, which is what I'm going to be doing tomorrow if we're playing. I'm going to be giving them little things to do with a ball each because just it will tire, not tire them out, but it will keep them warm and moving. So we'll see how that goes. But... Yeah, it was bizarre just to, to sort of cite the cold as a a factor for not playing the second half. I tell you what, times have changed, haven't they? You know, <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure as a kid, I, I'm sure I've played in a lot colder. You know, I, I guess it's different in different parts of the country. But um, I, I went out. Obviously, we we went out thinking we were going to the game, and went out a little bit later today, and and. And it was cold, but, you know, I've been a lot colder and certainly, you know, I've yeah. been running around in shorts and got a good old strike to the 
to the yeah. inside of the thigh with the ball. <laughs> yeah. That is grim. So, uh, yeah, I've never heard of that before. Right? I think, yeah, as well, if you asked all the kids, I bet you 95% of them would want to play as well. Probably, I would guess. Um, you probably get one or two who don't want to play in that. But when you run around for a few minutes, you're probably fine, aren't you, really? So, yeah, like you say, I suppose it's more for the for the the kids who are on the subs bench. But... Yeah, I mean, if we were playing on grass tomorrow, I might be thinking it's probably best we don't play but because we're on the 3G I think our front from a pitch point of view it shouldn't be a problem um, and I don't know what the there's probably not a precedent for calling games off because it's too cold I wouldn't have thought because you don't often get especially at this time of year so yeah um, yeah. yeah until I hear otherwise I'm going to assume we're playing so um, yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes tomorrow Yep. Well, fingers crossed because it it feels like it's such a long time since we've had a a nice kind of run of games yeah. and training. Uh, seem to for the last couple of months seem to have just obviously with having the course as well, just seem to have missed loads of games and and training yeah. sessions with the weather and and just being on that course. So, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, it's just a brief cold snap and, and we'll be back to normal next next week. It's supposed to be, so yeah, let's see let's see what the week brings. But yeah, just freak two days of weather over the weekend. It's just sod's law, isn't it? Yeah, I was the same as you though. Like yesterday I'm like No, this they've got it wrong, surely. It's <laughs> it's far too warm. You know it, it was. It was like it felt like a proper spring day and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. you read about this thing coming, you're like just never known anything like it at this time of year, but, you know, it is what it is. Yep, yep. So today we're going to talk about managing parents and, and probably more down at the at the difficult end of the scale. We have lots of, lots of easygoing um, parents, but, but probably we'll, we'll have a little bit of a chat about, you know, how some scenarios that could come up um, mm. and, and how we – how we kind of deal with them, how we think we deal with them, how we have deal, dealt with them, um, and how we think we might deal with them in the in the future. So we'll probably avoid specifics <laughs> for obvious yeah. reasons. Uh, we'll just talk in, in general terms. So where, where do you want to start? Have you got um, a particular story, a particular scenario? Um We've got a few stories, but obviously try not to. You never know who's going to listen, so you don't want to make it too, uh, like you said, make it more generic. But, I mean, I've, I think over the, the few years I've been doing it, I've seen seen quite a lot of unsavoury stuff that I've not particularly liked to be around. Uh, mainly, mainly parents from so different sides arguing. And kicking mm-hmm. off on the side, and you know, you, all the kids can see that, and I, I really don't like that. I don't like to be involved in that at all. Um, and so, so why don't we stick for at the start of it? Then why don't we stick on the matches, mm. and then after we've had a bit of discussion about that, we can talk about outside you know yeah. some of the communications and things out outside yeah. of the matches as well so so let's let's stick on the matches first well i think 
I think on a game day and in, on a match day, I think that's that's obviously the most. Well, is it the most testing? Possibly not actually, but um, you see you see stuff where particularly the worst I've seen it is when there's it's been a competitive league, so not not what we're doing now. Um, but it, but the, the the little league I was involved in was competitive, and all the results were published, mm-hmm. and so you had a league table and all this sort of thing. And I think that actually encouraged the worst in some parents because that kind of competitive nature just took over, and it almost got too much. And I thought it caused it caused numerous issues in numerous games of just you know it was it was everybody was so hell bent on that that winning sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. And all costs, and it just used to breed some really unsavoury behaviour. Um, you know, seeing seeing the referees getting a lot of stick, seeing parents arguing amongst themselves, um, seeing, and also that manifesting itself in poor behaviour from players on the pitch as well, which is the most probably shocking thing. Right. Um, and I've seen that in games. I've seen, you know, opposition players mock, mocking players playing for my team or other teams. And I think a lot of that comes from the parents because they see their parents arguing with other parents and they kind of think it's okay. And also not being dealt with by the manager as well um, in certain games that I've seen. And if any of my play- if any of my players behave like that, I'll come down on them like a ton of bricks and I won't have it and I'll take them off the pitch. But mm-hmm. it all stems from the sort of parental kind of behaviour. And I'm, and I'm whether that's just because it's, a competitive league and league results are published. I don't know. I think I don't think it helps, but maybe it isn't that. Maybe that's too simple a excuse. And maybe I think I mean, I've certainly never this year since I've done. I've never seen any parents arguing between them, each other, which which you wouldn't expect to see and you shouldn't see. But I don't know. I think I think at certain times I've seen that. I think maybe that was just the little league that I was involved in and it was a bit less, there was no, you know, it wasn't really marshalled or anything like that. It was just kind of, yeah, just, I don't know. It's difficult to put into words because it's, when I think back on it, it's quite shocking because at the time you get caught up in the game and this, that and the other, you don't really think about it too much. But when I think back on it and I think this is under eight, under nine kids, seeing <laughs> their parents argue with other parents, it's it's madness. I mean, you know, it's mad. It's crazy. So it sounds like you know all of the all of the bad things that you you hear about grassroots football, and and in particular, I guess English or British grassroots football. Yeah. But you know, it's it's all about the results. Yeah. The biggest, strongest kids are, are the ones who get in the team, and it, you know, there's less yeah. focus on the technical ability and, and player development. Yeah. It, it kind of sounds like a little bit like that. And it's interesting because I, I guess, again, to emphasize you're, you're talking a lot about the, the boys football there. Mm. I'm dealing mostly with the, with the girls football and I, I haven't really seen anything like that. Now, yeah. It's girls football that I'm dealing with, but it's also in in I'll do the old eighties kind of speech marks quotes, you know, it's mm. non competitive. Yeah. So it obviously it is competitive, but the results aren't published. 
Yeah. Of course, in the games, you know, everyone, uh, all the kids, all the parents, they, they still want to win. Now, going into it, I honestly thought, why are you not publishing the results? You know, we're people are at the, at the matches. Why wouldn't you want to see the results? Yeah. Whereas what you've just said there <laughs> makes me think, well, okay, that's why we don't publish the results then, so it doesn't get uber competitive yeah, I mean, at too early a time. It's interesting, isn't it? And this is a mixed this is mixed league. It's not just boys where this was happening. It was there were girls playing as well, which, if anything, probably makes it even worse. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, there's probably extenuating circumstances because this this little league when I mean, I'm not involved in it anymore so I can probably speak more openly about it but it was it was quite poorly organized in terms of there were there were teams that had players older than the age bracket that they should have been playing whereby a couple of teams in the league we were in had kids a couple of years older than the kids in my team for example because it's supposed to be spread over year, school years four and five, and we've a couple of teams had year sixes playing. So if you've got a year four against a year six... How is that allowed? Wow, exactly. Um, so you can imagine the size difference in some of the kids. Um, and we were playing a team in our league, and they were beating everybody eight, nine, ten, nil. And of course, you can imagine how that makes the opposition feel. And obviously, the, that, I think the parents then start to feel a sense of injustice, and probably rightly so. Um, because that isn't right. And it was all, you know, we confronted the people who, who ran the league and it was all about, oh, we we're trying to keep trying to keep families together in the teams and all this sort of stuff. And I just thought, well, if your rules are, these are school year age brackets, how could, how you then can turn around and say, well, actually, I, mean, well, I think well, the, this team that I'm talking about, I think they had five players in year six in their team. And I, and I, had, I had mostly year four players. You can imagine the difference <laughs> at that age. You're talking an eight eight year old against a ten year old, say, and that, you know you see some ten year olds and they're enormous. Um, so yeah, and then obviously the par- unfortunately the parents seem to enjoy the hidings that the their team were given out because it, and it's all about that. Oh, we want to win, oh, and I'm convinced it's that we want to win the league. Come what may, it doesn't, yeah, matter. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter who we humiliate along the way. And I think that's so. When I say I've never seen poor parental behaviour other than last year when I was involved in this league, because I think partly because of the organisation of it and having the the unfair team teams involved in it, um, and I think it all adds to it because there is a sense of injustice. And um, we played one game where we had. I didn't. We didn't have enough players. It was we, and they used to play. The other thing as well, used to, it was nine aside on seven aside pitches, so it was just cramped. There was no room to play, you know. And it's all part of the sort of disorganisation that I used to think went on with it. Um, and one time we turned up only had eight players, and I asked the opposition, "Well, would you mind playing eight aside?" And they refused, and they, they said, "No, we're going to play nine aside." So you can guess what happened after the game. We got hammered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the parents started kicking off to their managers. I mean, I, I actually, I was furious about it, but I didn't, I made one comment to the manager and I let it go. But then of course the parents start kicking off 
So I think my experiences are, are slightly warped by that whole scenario and that whole situation with that league. Um, but I've never seen it since, thankfully. It was just a kind of a few instances in that season where because of the disorganisation and the unfairness of certain things that manifest, it brought out the worst in a lot of parents, I think. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you can sort of, I can sort of pocket box it away into that and wrap it up and put it away and think, well, that was just a one-off in terms of consistently poor behaviour from parents in that little league thing. And that's partly why I left it because I just thought it's ridiculous. You can't, it's gone past the kids enjoying their football and it being a hobby too. It's just too stressful and too, you know, that will to win and the, and how people behave is just, you know, there's no point being involved in that. It's just poor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've, I, I've certainly not experienced that extreme of it. Mm. And it was, it. I mean, I'm making it sound extreme. It was, I mean, I can't even, I wish I could show you some videos of it or something because you you wouldn't believe it's embarrassing. You're seeing people, and I and I've got to the point where I was even saying to my own parents, I was saying, "Guys, pack it in. I don't care if you feel hard done by. I do as well, but I'm not going to start getting involved in slanging matches with parents because what your kids are all here watching, you know, and they shouldn't be privy to that. It should not be about that. It should be about I'm coming down, having a game on a level playing field, which unfortunately it wasn't." Um, but you've got to sort of rise above it and go, you know what, it is what it is. Let's just forget it. We'll walk away, which most of us did, and, you know, we'll move on to something better. So, Yeah. I think I, I told you what the uh, – I won't mention his name at all. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the coaches had talked about, you know, he was basically saying, oh, parents just do my head in. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's annoying them even being there because, you know, whereas he's got a plan, he, he can see the long-term player development and yeah. he's trying to work to that plan. Parents are just seeing a lot of the time just the match. And so, you know, if if he as the coach is, is giving a particular player instructions or he's got something in mind, yeah. but then the parents are trying to coach from the sidelines, you know, come back, run back, get forward, get a tackle in, you know, it, it's just, the kid just becomes confused then because it's like, well, well, what should I do? Yep. No, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no, there is no place, I don't think, for coaching from parents in a, in a football match. Encouragement, yeah, really important. Um, you know, cheering them on, well done, that's great, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but all this, get back, get back. Where's your man? Mark your man. Why didn't you pass to him? Oh, he should have shot. All that stuff, it, it does my head in. It absolutely drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, you know, I say to the players, the only person you should be listening to is me and Stuart. That's it. You, you don't need to listen to anybody else and your own teammates. You don't need to listen to, to what your parents are saying. And, and especially if you get a comment that's a bit a bit harsh on their own child because they've done something wrong. And, of course, you get – I've seen parents make a comment to their kid and he's, he's bursts into tears and wants to come off because you can see that pressure they're putting on their child's shoulders. 
Um, and again, it's moving away from them coming down and enjoying themselves and developing to almost being scared to make a mistake. Yeah. It's completely wrong. And that's where I think you've got to try and be, be kind of firm with the parents to a point and say, look, I don't want any coaching. Um, I really want you to encourage them as much as you can and cheer them on because it's really important that they have that and it makes them, it makes the atmosphere better and, you know, they, they feel supported. But when you, when you get into them getting on their backs, it's just completely counterproductive. Um, I've seen one player that I was coaching give his dad the finger and walk off the pitch. <laughs> you told me about that one before. <laughs> I mean, when I actually had to speak to the parent after and say, can't do that because what's going to happen? It winds me up. He doesn't want to play. It makes the re- it sets an awful example to the rest of the team seeing a player behave like that. So, so what you told me about the finger, but I mean, was it was it justified? What 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 actually happened leading up to it? Was it justified from the player giving giving that to his? Yeah, what what actually happened leading up to it? It probably was. I mean, he shouldn't have done it. And I, I had a word with him as well and said, "You can't do that." On the, I said, "I don't, I don't want any of my players behaving like that." But I understood why he did it, and I probably don't blame him for doing it because his dad was giving him a really hard time. And, and it, was, it was in training. It wasn't even in a match. Oh, uh, right. Which okay. is what makes it probably even more shocking that in training, it was it was just a Saturday morning training session. And I don't know, it was just something, you know, it was something trivial, like he hadn't tracked back or he he lost the ball or something. And it's just the way his dad would, it would just sound so disappointed in him and sort of angry and aggressive. And you kind of like, it's just a training session, you know. And I think that, again, it's those expectations from parents that I think you just get some parents that, I don't know if it, it's almost that, oh, you know, they would, I was never any good at a footballer, so they sort of live there, they live it out through their children, do you know what I mean? Um, they want their children to be to succeed so badly that they just take it all so seriously. And they can't sort of take that step back and just think, let's just let him play. Probably chances are he probably won't make it, but I want him to enjoy playing football. I don't want to yeah. put that pressure on him to be the best or you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And I think, yeah, when I think back to it, yeah, it probably was justified that he did that mm-hmm. because he's, it was completely un, unreasonable behaviour from the parent to react the way he did. Um I think years ago, I, I probably wondered that, whether it was parents living their own dreams through through their kids. Now, I, I, I think I think just more that you always want the best for your kids mm. and you want your kids to be the best that they can be and you're so desperate for that. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think it's more that than you think – you know, I, I was rubbish, so, you know, I want, uh, want my little lad or my little daughter to, to be really good. I, yeah. I, I do literally think there's, a, there's an innate drive in all of us that, that just wants our kids to be the best that they can be, and sometimes that manifests itself in, in kind of negative behavior where you're just you're – just, um, 
you know, shouting at the kids or, or what have you. I, I, I liken it to, you know, if you were doing an exam. Yeah. Imagine you're doing a maths exam, probably not oh, everyone's. Can you pick another subject? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Philosophy that or, way. you know, something where you, you actually, you really have to think and you've got, you know, you've got your dad next to you. Hey, look, it's fine. It's just a differential equation. It's fine. (laughs) What are you doing? No, it's not a quadratic equation. Just (laughs) (laughs) how off-putting would that be? I mean, you would not. That is not helping at all, you know? So We touched on on this when we talked about coaching our own kids and how how you are that little bit harder on them. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned. I certainly remember saying that when we discussed it a few weeks back. And I said, you know, there's times when I've said to Elijah or spoken to him in a certain way and thought, "What am I doing?" When you step back and think about it, you think that's really unreasonable of me to sort of react like that or act like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is this this was a little bit more serious than that in terms of you know it was real, just just little. It was building up throughout the session and just you could just see it was just kind of constant and you just thought at some point oh, this is, something's going to happen because he's only going to take so much of this and he's trying his best and you know if you've got how can you go and perform or relax and play well and you know that you make a slight mistake and your dad's going to be on you like a ton of bricks it's difficult yeah so potentially difficult question but Having seen that scenario unfold, mm. do you think there was an opportunity to nip that in the bud a bit earlier with that parent? Uh, a good question. I think possi- possibly not, unfortunately, with this particular parent um, because it's just... Uh, it's always been there and it's, it's all down to the personality of the parent. And I think there's some parents that you can try and reason with. And I have tried to speak to him about other things that have happened um, in games or in training and whatever. Um, but it's one of those where it doesn't seem to make any difference if I speak to him. Because um, there's been other things that have happened and I've had to speak about to this person about it. And it's kind of, it doesn't really, doesn't make any difference. So it's kind of like it's almost like the cross you have to bear with the, with with this sort of with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did after that. I did speak to him about it, and I said, I said, you know, you can't, I just can't have that going on, because he's not going to want to play. You know, he's going to be fearful of playing. You know, it makes me feel uncomfortable because I've got the rest of the team there seeing that. Um, and there's been other things that have happened that I've seen as well with the same, with the same dad. And it's kind of like, I've, I've, I've tried a few times having different discussions with him about things. And it's kind of, I don't know, it doesn't seem to make any difference. Unfortunately, it's a, it's difficult. Um, so I kind of, I deal with it as best I can, but I, and I've tried that taking him to one side, speaking to him approach and it doesn't seem to work, but he's, it's just that, it's just that it's a personality thing as well. And he's, it's mm-hmm. one of those personalities that is, Bit bolshy, bit, bit in your face, um, quite opinionated, and to sort of have somebody curb that is difficult. 
you know, open to open to ideas and suggestions. That you can <laughs> yeah. because, because it's every person's different. I think there are people you can speak to and reason with and say, look, when we're at training, I expect this to be or this I expect this to happen. On a match day, I expect parents to behave like this. You know, whether you agree with what I'm doing or not, I'm the coach. This is how I'm going to coach. This is how I'm going to treat the players. Um, and to have it, I wouldn't say undermined, but it does make your job a lot more difficult when you're having to deal with that on top of everything else that you've got to deal with. And you've got to sort of treat, you feel like under pressure to sort of not to treat that kid a little bit differently because of how his parents might, his parent might react. So if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah. I guess that, you know, and, and again, if this is a training session, you, you kind of get in there, you don't have much time on the pitch. You're thinking about your, your coaching plan and everything. And, and, you know, you don't have time to give, uh, give the parents a bit of a pep talk before. I mean, the good thing, the good thing now is because we're, a, because we're in a club, club environment. Um, we're not just at a park, say, for example. We are in a we're in an we're in an enclosed environment. So when we train, we share the pitch with five other teams, and the good because we're in a stadium, you can't the parents can only get so near to the pitch, which is the which is one thing I really like about it, um, especially and also on a match day because we play across the pitch. So you know, normally when you've got a game, you've got parents on the touchline. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have that. Because they're in this, even if we play across the pitch, they're behind a barrier or they're in a stand or they're on a terrace. So they're not on the side of the pitch. They're kind of behind the goals, which is, which is a good, which is, I mean, they can, they can be at the side of the pitch, but they're quite a way away from the pitch if mm-hmm. they can stand at the side. So the closest view is behind the goal. So it makes it a lot harder to, A, to hear aggressive shouting to your kid and B, coaching. It's a lot harder in our stadium, which is why I like playing in the stadium. Because um, we've got a couple of venues that we play at, but if we play on the three G, the parent it's very difficult for the parents to get close to the pitch, which is good. Yeah, um, and especially at training as well, because you're sharing it with six of the teams, and we've got you know the general managers walking around, we've got our welfare officer walks around, so the parents they can't get away with anything remotely bordering on poor behaviour. They just can't because they'll be asked to leave. Yeah, which is, yeah. which is a good thing, and I think so. Not had any issues at training at all this season, and even at matches. I think the problem we've had in matches have been when we played away from home with certain with certain incidences. But in our stadium, it's basically not tolerated, and I think the parents know that. So the behaviour is generally really good. Um, so that's good. I, I think you know one of one of the things that again I'll, I'll sing the praises a little bit of the FA. So. Again, when we started off our matches and, and you put out the uh, the FA respect line, yep, you know, which is uh, a few yards behind, you know, away from the touchline. When I first found out we had to do that, it's like, oh, that's, that's a bit of a bind, isn't it? <laughs> Why are we doing this? Um, but it does it does make sense. You know, to yeah, not yeah, have yeah. parents absolutely there on the pitch, and so again, you know, it, it it was obviously I don't know when that came in, um, but obviously it's came in out of necessity because if everyone was impeccably behaved, then uh, you wouldn't have come up with that with yeah. that legislation, would you? 
the trick I've learned with that as well is put it as far back from the pitch as you can. Because if you put it, I always find if you put it, say, oh, I don't know, three three foot away, uh-huh. every, everybody encroaches and almost walks on the pitch. They all lean into it and they, I see that a lot at most games. From but, three uh, foot away? Yeah. See, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I've, well, I've probably got my feet mixed up. Two foot, <laughs> I don't know. Three three paces away, four paces away. Yeah. You know. Um, but you see that a lot of people encroaching onto the pitch. So they all lean into it and they can't resist getting close to the pitch. So yeah, yeah. if we play at the venue that's not our 3G, I, I put it miles back from the pitch. It's just a little thing I do. And I'll speak to the coach about it. And like, yeah, I do the same. Put it really far back. Because then when they start, when people do invariably encroach and lean in, they're still quite a way away, which is kind of a mm-hmm. you know, the way it should be, really. Yeah. So it is a good thing. And what about what about outside the game? Uh, do you get many um, difficulties with with parents? I, I think a lot of the time with I, again. So so for me, I, I guess I I probably not had it too much the in the girls' game. The weight of expectation, you know, where where at, at the grassroots level. We're typically managing the ninety nine percent, aren't we? We're 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 not managing Harry Ke- little Harry Kane or little Mohammed Salah or, or anyone like that. You may be, you don't know that. Well, you you're right, you're right. <laughs> so you you could be. That's what our tutor kept saying to us. He kept saying you may have the next England international in your team. You don't know. Yep, yep. You're Which absolutely was... right. But but on averages. Being a numbers game, you you you're managing the ninety nine percent. So, you know, just managing that expectation. But I think a lot of parents have a a warped sense of maybe where what the what the level is that their little Johnny or uh, little girl can actually go ahead and achieve in the game. So. Have you had any of that sort of parents? Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I have had it. I do have it. I have to do have to deal with that. Um, it's interesting. I've never spoken to the parents about it, and I would. It's probably be an interesting conversation to have in terms of how many of them see it as a. You know are they expecting big things and to have a career in football from it? Or are most of them? And I, I guess most of them are. They just, they, their son or daughter likes playing football. So they just want them to enjoy it and come along and be part mm-hmm. of the club and the team. But yeah, I, I think you do get, and I certainly see it in the behavior of certain parents that they, you can tell it's just a little bit more than that hobby, bit of fun. You know, they, they kind of, you can tell that they take it, a little that little bit more seriously, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and they're the ones that are difficult to deal with because they're the ones that you know send you messages about, well, why, why is why is so and so playing in this position? Why aren't you playing him in so and so position? What, what about this? What about that? Even even sending you messages like, oh yeah, the team's doing really well, and but they're sort of per- but and they're kind of personal messages to you, and they're not. Not you know they've been sent to you personally like a personal email or something, which is nice. But but also you think you need that 
I think it's important you have that kind of distance as a coach. Mm-hmm. As well. I don't yeah. think you should be, you shouldn't have, you should never have a parent thinking that, oh, he's got my ear so I can say anything I want to him personally. You know, we can talk about, and it's interesting because when we, when we started at the club this year, the that was one of the things the sort of general manager said to us. He said, he said, try and keep a little bit of distance between the parents and don't, he said, don't discuss tactics with them. Don't discuss, you know, certain things that you're doing. Don't discuss it with them. Don't discuss tactics of a game. Don't discuss, you know, um, what you thought of the opposition, whether you, what you thought of the referee or all these things, which were quite interesting because I've never really thought about it before, but I can, I know what he meant because I think you've got to have that distance as a coach. Mm-hmm. You've also, you've got to have a strong relationship with the parents, but also some things you don't need to discuss with them. And I understand what he means. From, it's like when he says, you know, have a chat with your parents and ask them not to coach from the touchline. You're the coach. And you've got, you've, it's almost like a, I don't know, it's that sort of parent, it's that teacher-child relationship, I think. You've got to mm-hmm. have, be a barrier in some kind of form of respect, I guess. And that's the difficulty, is that you do have parents who think they can just send you a, send you a message. And like I said, I've had to deal with that, you know, a little bit of a, little bit of a, and I will say a dig, it's a little dig. Why have you, why have you not played so-and-so there? Why are you playing other players there? Oh, you know, he said to me this, he wasn't very happy about that. And I'm thinking, well, he's not said anything to me. And my response to that is, well, we can have a chat at training. And if he's got any, we can have a chat with the player and have a one-on-one conversation, you know, and I'll, I'll hear his point of view. And then I'll explain to him why I'm coaching the way I am or playing him in the position he is or giving him the time on the pitch that I give him. All those things, and I think again, for the most part, you don't. I think most parents are happy to let you get on with it. They might behind your back, they might say different, which is fine. Everybody, I don't. I'm not Pep, Pep Guardiola. I always say that to my parents. So I'm not Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp. Or the trouble is, that. the parents are. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I said, and I, and I say to them, you might not agree with what I'm doing. But that's the way that I see it, and that's the way that I want to do it. And I'm the one who's put my neck on the block to do it, without being bullshit. So I will sort of do, I will do the best, my, the best job I can, and call it as I see it. But you're never going to get everybody agreeing with you, and that's but that's the beauty mm. of football. We don't agree with everything that Jurgen Klopp does, for example. As Liverpool fans, we might disagree with this, that, and the other. But you know, at the end of the day, you've got to put your trust in that person, and it's similar even at this level, I think. But, yeah, I think those parents, what can you do? You can try and explain your point of view, but I think once it happens once, in my experience, it's always going to happen unless you've got a parent who's kind of open to, yeah, okay, I can see your point and we'll leave it and we'll leave it at that sort of thing. But, you know, every every play, per, um, parent's different. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of like the it's, it's a similar thing I think with the attitude to training, and training is really important. And I think every everybody should really try and make every training session. I accept people can't, and I know that's not possible in this day and age. But have you come across the that in terms of commitment to training? Yeah, I think 
I think sometimes, and again, we can't train in the week. So for us, it's a, it's a match on a Saturday and then it's, it's training on a Sunday. Um, and, and I've even had it from my, my missus as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I shouldn't be dragging the girls out on the, on the Sunday after the, after the match on a Saturday. But, um, you know, you need to have to improve it. Don't get me wrong, you improve just by playing, but you're not really going to improve by playing for 40 minutes on a Saturday every week. You, you need that training at time as well. So, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's possibly coming to a time where when I have to maybe have a, a chat to some of the parents about about how necessary that training is. Yeah. Do you think that? that's where you'll probably get or you'll find out how many of them oh, it's difficult isn't it because i think it should be it should be fun and a hobby but also, exactly yeah i've got, got to recognize that as, when you're part of a club and you're put on I, mean, I don't know i presume you have to pay to be a member of your club don't you you have annual fees I presume, mm-hmm. yeah, same yeah. as us so part of me always thinks if you're paying all that money out you're you're committing to being at training pretty much ninety five percent of the time, and I know there's going to be times when you can't do it, but I know it's difficult, isn't it? Because do you think they don't see? I don't know. I can't really put it. How how, how can I put it? Because obviously we're giving up a lot of our time to do this, and we're putting a lot of planning into training sessions and all this sort of stuff. And I guess the parents probably don't see that, do they? Do you think that's something that we should discuss them with them more? I, I don't know. And it might get more of their buy-in. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? It, it is hard because so so there'll be – the parents of the world are going to be playing the smallest violin in the world, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> for, for us putting in uh, time to, to into <laughs> coaching plans and stuff. And and you look at it and you're like, well, we're competing with swimming clubs, with yeah. drama clubs, with sleepovers. You know, they're kids. You know, this this isn't Man United or Liverpool. You know, so I, it, it is a it is a tough it is a line because I I think we're we're probably <laughs> always going to want you know that that commitment in terms of training. Yeah. Um, but you know, it 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 still does have to be fun. I, my perspective on stuff like this is, it's serious fun. So yeah, I agree with that. That's perfect. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah, and and I'd I'm not sure if I'd, I'd spoken to you about this. So I think you know I was I was in different uh, bands for for years and years, and, and I remember having a. Uh, a bit of a drunken conversation, you know, so, so all the, all the most honest conversations come out around, you know, sort of midnight, don't they? After a, yep. after a good session. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> we were, talk- we were having a difference of opinion, you know, a musical difference of opinion about whether it should be a laugh or whether it's serious. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, I was in the camp that no, it's, it is, it is serious. And, and, and it was only after that when you'd sobered up and, and whatever, and, and we discussed it again. And, and I thought, no, it's, it's that phrase, it's serious fun. 
you know, so, so it's not, if you go, if I go bowling or take the kids bowling, right, that is just genuine fun. Yeah. Because you do it once in a blue moon, everyone's, you know, an equal sort of level, people are naturally a bit better, but, but that's it. But if you're, if you're part of a team, then it's, it's kind of serious as well. And, and in my case, then it, it was about being in a band. If, if you're not all pulling in the same direction, yep. if you're not all working hard, you don't get the enjoyment, or certainly I didn't. If you just rock up, all right, you can have fun out of it, but you, you're never going to improve. You're never going to get better. Yep. And so I, I, I think it's the same thing. It's any group of individuals. Again, it's not tennis. It's not golf. It's not an individual sport. It is a team sport, and it's about, you know, all kind of pulling your weight so but like i say it is that line because you know they're still kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah i so. think my view on it is if if you're if you're part of a club like we are i think you're you're doing that because it's it's kind of gone beyond well we're going to go for a kickabout on a sunday you know and play in a little league team or whatever and have a bit of fun. I think it's gone beyond that into, well, no, we're taking this reasonably seriously because, you know, little Johnny, he wants to play football, but he also wants to, he, well, he wants to be a professional footballer, for example. So let's join a club. And I think once you become part of a club, I think you've got to give that commitment in. And that's how me and Deb see it with our kids when we commit to a club. Because we're paying, mm-hmm. not, sure, we're paying a lot of money for them to do this. So we're saying, yeah, we'll pay the money, but and we are going to be committed because we want to give them the best chance that they can. Which is, so, I do that with planning training, and give and doing all the admin and mm-hmm. just being being involved because it's. I was probably naive enough to think, yeah, you turn up on a Sunday and have a game and it's a great laugh. But there's so much more to it than that, and I'm happy to give that time. But I think you've, you've also got to have the parents have got to buy into that as well. I think that's really important, and I think. I'm not saying all of them don't because I think for the most part they do, but I think there's always some that it's not a priority for them. And I think they've got to make that decision going forward. Well, are we going to be properly committed to this or are we not? Because there's plenty of other players waiting in the wings to take the place of kids who aren't as committed. So I think the parents have got a really important role to play in that as well. Yeah, so so we've probably discussed two extremes there, haven't we? So we've discussed just parents maybe being a bit overzealous yeah, and expecting and got, a bit. Yeah, exactly, and you've got the other end of it where they kind of don't treat it as a joke. I don't mean it like that, but they treat it as, yeah, it's it's kind of like they can take it or leave it kind of attitude. So one of the things that... Quite honestly, it hadn't occurred to me until until we were talking this through. And this, this is why I love getting on this podcast, to be honest. Um, <laughs> wouldn't That's it be an interesting good. conversation to to have with the parents, just individually? Yeah. You know, yeah. where, where do you see yeah. football in, in your son or daughter's life, you know, yeah. for the next year, next five years? It's it's not a job interview, Mike, but you know, <laughs> just just to understand, yeah, where where do you see them? 
Yeah, and I think that's what that's what I said to you before. I've forgotten when when I said it now, but when I said about I've never had that discussion with the parents about what yeah, I'm yeah. about. But yeah, I mean, I've, it is interesting. I think it's probably something that isn't a bad thing to do. Even even a two way thing, because I you know I could quite I could say to them, well, I think so and so's a he's got a real chance. You know, I rate him really highly, and I really hope he wants to carry on. And you know, what do you think? You know, do you do you see him like that, or do you just see it as well? We'll do it for a few years, then he can make his own decisions later. Or you know, you just don't know, do you? I mean, yeah, you can get you can get a sense by how they are when they watch the kids play. I suppose you can see how many of them just stand there and don't really comment because they're happy to just let their kids play and enjoy it. And you get those who do make the comments and do shout. And I guess they're the ones you can tell who do take it more seriously. But yeah, it'd be interesting because there are plenty of parents who you don't, who don't say a lot on a touchline so you, and you never know what do they think. It'd be an interesting conversation. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think certainly before, I was going to say before the next season starts, I, I think as a as a close-out season activity, um, assuming we play a few more times because <laughs> we're not snowed off <laughs> constantly as it, as it feels like we are at the minute. Yeah. But certainly I, that would be a – I'm going to do that. I'm going to have that, that conversation about just where where do they see that in their life. I probably will. It's a good idea. I mean, I've I've already asked the question. Do you want? You know, does anybody not want to carry on next year? And nobody has come back and said they don't want to. So I, I've taken it. They all do want to carry on because I, you know, I get some good feedback from the parents. They do enjoy it. You know, they we've, we've got a good little team. They've got good team spirit. All that. So I'm keen to sort of take that on and keep that going. But yeah, in terms of what they see you going forward for their own kids? Are they just going to do it for another year before they go to high school? And then maybe it might fragment a bit. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to get their opinion. Yeah, that's a good good, good thinking. That. I like that. Yeah. Like an end of end of season review, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, like I, I yeah, think I mentioned I think it before, well. a lesson's learned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we're going through, I've said to you already, we're going through that process now of assessing for next season what we're going to do and each manager, you know, what what do we need? Who who we get, is anybody going to be let go? Do people not want to carry on? So I guess you do have to do that because, you know, at the end of the day, people have got to pay a large amount of money if they want to carry on. So they've got to be committed and they've got to, they must have an opinion and a view of how they want things to go going forward. And yeah, it's interesting. I, th- I think the conversation around, you know, what's going to happen next season, I, I, I'm pretty sure everyone does that. Mm. And and, and I, I would have done that anyway. The thing that I think has, has just changed in my mind is more about that longer-term yeah. commitment and expectation. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, oh, I, I try not to think too far ahead, but in my mind, I'm happy and I want to keep it going, you know, through the next few years, ideally with, with, with the same bunch of guys that are progressing mm-hmm. and doing well. I don't see it as every year having to pick a whole new team. In my mind, it's like, well, we're making progress. The team's developing well. Let's keep them together as long as we can. But like you said, some people might not want to do that. They might just want to do it for a couple of years and then 
think, well, you know, we've got other things going on in our lives. It's not a priority for them. You don't know how many of the kids this is the bill and end all for them. They might be doing all different things and, you know, you just don't know. So it's, it probably is worth having that conversation, definitely. Yeah. Because my view is if you're not, if you don't want to, if you're just doing it for a hobby for a year or two, there's kind of no point is my view. You want to do it because, I mean, we do that with our kids. They do it because not every activity, but the main ones that they they spend the most time doing is because they love it and they want to carry on doing it. And I guess you just want to get that sense of that same sense from the parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if we'd spoken about it before, but I think just setting that expectation, mm. I think when we, when we were talking about the kid giving the finger, maybe we spoke about it a little bit there, but I think as coaches, we, before anything happens, you know, and especially even if it's a new team, it's probably a little bit harder if it's an existing team, isn't it? And you, you're yeah. trying to reset expectations. But yeah. even if it, if that's the case, I, I don't think I don't see it as an optional thing to, you know, take it or leave it. Mm. You've got to probably periodically, because people do forget, you know, just re reset expectations, you know. My philosophy is this, and these are what my expectations are. Yep. And then I think you you would try and get the parents buy-in for that as well. Yep. You know, so it's no good just standing up there and saying, this is how I expect you all to be. Thank you very much, and, you know, <laughs> I'll see you at the next match. Yeah. You need to try and get the buy-in from the parents. And, and so if you have... You know, emotions can get the better of us sometimes, can't they? So, you know, but if you have those events, you can always come back to that agreement and say, look, you know, we agreed this is what we were going to do. We're focused on the long-term development of these kids. We want to make sure they enjoy the game and they're playing the game for a long time. It's not about next Saturday's results or, you know, they're the only kid who's ever made a mistake on a football pitch. You know, it's just, just about trying to set that expectation. But then I guess when you do get these events where you, you, you know, people are deviating from that expectation, just you've got to nip it in the bud. You, you can't, and I'm not saying you have to be uh, overzealous and, and, militaristic in in laying down the law but if if you start letting things go then the longer you let it go is it's just going to get worse and worse and and i guess that that last thing that we discussed there was to just try and get an understanding of of what the parents expectations are of their son or daughter actually being involved in this in this football club both you know, for, for this season, next season, but, but even longer term than that, you know, for, for the club where I'm at, there there was a a little girl who's hugely ambitious. She was convinced she was going to play for England. Right. And she, she, she wasn't a bad player as well, but absolutely, you know, even at a young age just was absolutely focused and, and, Touch wood. I, I hope she does really well. But you know that for me, that that's a bit of an outlier. There's there's not many little girls that I work with who, who've got that same 
laser focus on what it is they yeah, want to yeah. do. No, that's that's pretty. Yeah, that's quite fascinating. That that's good to have that self belief at that age. Um, yeah, the John Joe Shelby factor, I call it. Because <laughs> do you know what I say that? Because John Joe Shelby is one of those players that, at a young age, you could just tell he just thought he was the greatest player ever. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He had that little touch of arrogance about him. And I think you look at some young players, you don't see that, but he had such. He's a sort of guy that he could make a massive mistake. I don't think it used to bother him. Even though he used to make a lot, but he's just, he had that real cocky, arrogant sort of streak of him. And I quite like that about Shelby. I, I'd um, have to say, I think um, if I was going to name it after anyone, I'd, I'd have to name it a, a Ravel Morrison factor. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing, yeah. Ravel Morrison is a great example. Um, all the ability in the world, but. You know, application-wise, questionable. Probably the same with Shelby, isn't it? In terms of got loads of ability, but the dirty side of the game, apart from when he's booting people up in the air <laughs> and getting red cards, um, I'd question it. But that's a different discussion. But yeah, that's it's good to have that belief, and I think it's, you see that in certain players, don't you? As well, you probably see it in some of your girls that there's certain players who who don't shrink under a bit of pressure and they just sort of step up to the plate a little bit more maybe. I mm-hmm. see that in my players. I've got certain players that are confidence players. You know, they sort of need an arm around their It's that whole cliche, isn't it? They need an arm around the shoulder. And some of them, you know, whatever, they'll just get up and carry on with it and you can leave them to get on with it because of that sort of, they've got that sort of mentality. But um, It's the old yeah. four-corner model, isn't it? Yeah. And I just, much as I hate to use that, the Brendan Rogers mentality word. It is it is part of it. Um but that's really interesting what you said about and I think I probably didn't do that at the start of this season in terms of speaking to the parents and laying out my expectations, probably because I didn't really have any, because it was new to me and I didn't I didn't really think too much about it. I I was probably like, Yeah, we'll you know, we'll come and have a game of football on a Sunday and it'd be a lot of fun. But it's only since doing the level one and as the season's progressed, I've started to take it much more seriously than that. Not too seriously, but seriously enough that it is quite a big deal. And I think for next season, when we're, when we're bringing new players in, I will have that conversation and say, look, I really want to bring your son in. Um, but what do you think? You know, how, what, what does he think about football? Does he love football? Does he want to try and make it? What do you think? What do you think of him? How, you know, are you prepared to commit to training every week? And I think it's important to have those conversations. Because if you've got a waiting list of players and you want to pick from those players, you've got them. The parents is going to be so important in that whole buy-in. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely something I'm going to do this this summer when we're bringing new players in, or not, not like an interview, but you, you've you've almost got to sort of vet them a bit, haven't you? I suppose in a way. Well, yeah, just just got to ask them questions to understand yeah. what they're what they're thinking. But yeah. it was interesting you said the new players there. Mm. But if you, if you don't know the answer to those questions for your existing players, yeah, w- wouldn't that be interesting as well? Just to just see what, you know, some parents might surprise you. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a conversation to have with all of them, especially because I bought in like six or seven of them. I kind of asked to come along because I knew, I knew them. 
and I knew they liked playing football and they liked, hopefully they thought I was doing an okay job previously. So that's kind of how I've got to bring them into the club. Um, but yeah, it's probably even more so for those players because I've bought them in myself. Mm-hmm. They've, not, they've not, I think a couple of them came to trials actually, um, which I didn't know about and I just happened to know them. So I was like, oh great, you're here. You know, would you want to play for me? But yeah, especially those players that I've bought in because they might have just thought, oh well, he wants to play for another year. He could go and play for Ben. That'd be great. I don't know if they take it that seriously. They want to carry on and try and make it or not. I don't know. But yeah, maybe more so those players I should have that discussion with. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think definitely there'll be some sort of sit down, you know, this is what, you know, we're doing nine aside now. It's really important that everybody comes to training as often as they can, because we're, we're going to be working on stuff that's a little bit more complex because that's just the nature of doing nine aside. It's not seven aside, no offsides. There's got to be a lot more work in the training. As they get older, the club are going to expect that. If they, that's the other thing. If they're, if they're part of the club, the club expects a certain level of commitment and standard of player. So it's really important, I guess, to get that buy-in straight away. And if it, they don't fancy that, they can then turn around and say, well, actually, yeah, we're not prepared to give that level of commitment. So, yeah, definitely worth a discussion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good discussion. Is there is there anything else specifically on on parents we want to go over? It's just part of the whole challenge of being a coach, isn't it? I guess there's all different facets to it. It's different parents and different expectations, different ways of that they react to you and stuff. So, yeah. It's, um, I think it's, it's ultimately not not an easy thing, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. You know, you've got varying different levels. You've got all these different expectations. You've got different personalities. Do you? Uh, yeah, well, one thing I was going to ask, actually. Yeah. The do you do do you or did you know any of the parents from your team prior to you getting involved, or was it all a whole new set of people? No, it was, it was all new for me. Um, now, the only difference is, I, I guess, you know, for a while I was just turning up as a parent. Yeah. And then, you know, suddenly uh, I'm a coach. But, I, you know, socially I, I didn't know those those people before. So I guess that, look, in, a, in any kind of management or coaching position, you do need to have a separation yep. from everyone else. So, and again, it's, it's, what, it's one of the reasons if, if you're in a job or something and you get promoted and, and then you're suddenly a manager, you, you can't just think you're one of the boys still. Yeah, exactly, you're right. It's exactly the same thing, yeah. Yeah, so, so I guess in, in that respect for me, it's, it, it's a little bit easier because, you know, I didn't have that, you know, I wasn't really good mates with, you know, some of the parents and then suddenly I'm, I'm leaving their daughter out the team. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the problem is, you know, the person I'm leaving out the team is really good friends with my wife or, or something yeah. like that. I don't have to, ta- I'm not tangled up in, in that kind of uh, situation that, that I can imagine a lot of people do get tangled up in, you know? Yeah, and I have been a little bit, a little bit um, with, because I've 
known some of the parents for a while and that does that can make it a little bit more tricky um you know they're not like not like friends that i would go out with or anything like that but obviously you've you've known them for a few years your kids might have been friends and yeah i think it does make it a little bit more difficult because then you've then people probably take it more more personally if you have got to sort of lay the law down for example i hate using that phrase but I guess if it gets to the point where you do have to lay the law down because you and people are making your life difficult, they probably take it more personally. Whereas a whole new set of parents, you can just say, well, you know, you don't know me, but this is how I want to coach. This is what I want to do for the players. Yeah. And it, it's an easier, it's an easier conversation, isn't it? I think, you know, it, it, <laughs> if you have got those relationships before, you're in a real dangerous, dangerous place that you're going to become David Brent, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do love The Office. I, I love David Brent. And, and, and he's such a great example because a lot of it is just rooted in reality. But yeah. ultimately, his flawed character is that he still wants to be loved by everyone. Yeah. And you can't be. No. You know, so like I say, you, you can no longer be one of the boys. If you want to assume that position of responsibility, yeah. there's certain things you have to sacrifice with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to hear fly on the wall thing, what, what the parents say after a game behind your back. And I'm sure they all do it <laughs> because I do it. You know, when Elijah plays on a Saturday, I'll talk about his coach, what he what I think he should have done better. Mm-hmm. If he plays the school team, I'll talk about, well, I don't know why they're doing that. And everybody's got an opinion. It's just the way it is. That's the beauty of football. Um, but like I said to them, you know, I, I'm not going to get it right, but I'll, I'll do it. I'll call it as I see it. And I'll learn from my mistakes as I go on because I've I've made plenty and I'll make plenty more in the future. That's how <laughs> you learn, isn't it? And um, yeah, but it is difficult when you've got that kind of relationship with somebody where you've known them for a while. I know you'll, it's like I said before, they kind of think because they know you, they can send you messages and ask you, almost question your, it's kind of undermining your coaching really because they're they're querying to you directly, why are you doing this? Why are you playing this person there? Why did you make this decision? Why did you make that decision? And when you stand back, you think, well, how, almost how dare you? How dare you do that? You know, you've got no right to message me personally and ask me these questions. But, you know, and it all comes from that. I think people that you wouldn't know previously wouldn't do that. I don't think. Well, maybe I'm wrong. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, some people may, but as a general rule, they, they probably wouldn't. But um, yeah. the coach I was telling you about who, who didn't have a high opinion of, of parents' involvement, let, let's put it that way, yeah. he was talking about one instance where a, a particular parent gave him a whole um, – actually, it was passed on through a third party, but yeah. gave a whole almost a, a manifesto of all the things they were doing wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> He said he he didn't even read it. It's just in the thing. I thought, you know, that that somebody's taken the time to do exactly. They've taken the time. You know what I mean? It's like they've drawn out a whole tactics board. Oh, this is what you should be doing. What you're playing at? It's like, and did they think that you know? He's gonna he's gonna be really grateful for my insight. Mm, yeah, what's the opposite of grateful? That's the one. Yeah. 
I did think that was funny. I, I, I don't know if there's other examples out there like that, but um, that I mean, did make me laugh. Not that extreme, but it's what I've had to do is on similar lines. You know, a little, you know, lengthy messages about, um, you know, questioning why have you why are you doing this and this is what he's saying to me and and you're thinking, yeah, well, okay. You know, you don't know how much of it is the parent and the, and the player, do you? It could be, you know, the parent. It's, it's the parent's opinion. The parent then dresses it up by saying, "Oh, my son said this to me. My son said that." But you're not necessarily seeing that from the son, and you think, well, is, "Is this you getting in his ear and saying stuff?" Or mm-hmm. is this actually him? Yeah, yeah. Because when I talked to him, he didn't say anything like that. So it's an interesting one. It's, it's, it, I'd be really interested to know, you know, what what was coaching like. 20 years ago compared to now because let's look and it, and it pains me to say but you know in our lifetime the most successful manager so not coach but but manager has, has probably been sir alex ferguson hasn't it yeah and and but even he was being questioned quite a lot especially yeah. towards the end and you sort of think well this this guy has achieved everything everything that he can possibly achieve but because you've got you know things like talk sport and you know 24-hour news channels and and everyone's talking about it at the office at work and everything it's just on everyone's mind all the time so so people get sort of trained in that way of just challenging oh he's made this decision but you know these are the other 50 decisions that he could have made and because we'll never know you know, we can just say, oh, well, you know, the one of these other decisions would have been the right one. You know, if he'd have only made that, it, it would have been better. So I, I wonder if that, you know, people just listening to talk sport and stuff a bit too much and, uh, you know, applying that same logic to to the grassroots level. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, what's the uh, interview with Jurgen Klopp today? with Gabby Yorath on um, the Premier League show. It's a really good interview, actually. And he said, she said to him, oh, can you see yourself doing a Ferguson and being at Liverpool for 20 years? And he was unequivocally, no, it won't happen. He said, I won't be here in 20 years. And he said, he said something quite interesting. He said, probably the first 15 years that, say, Wenger and Ferguson were coaching were probably easy. He said, the last five, 10 years have probably been a nightmare because of the media and like like what you've just said, all the talk shows, mm-hmm. social media, all that. So everybody's got an opinion and the pressure is just incredible. You lose a game and it's like the end of the world. And he said they, those managers were probably there for 20, 25 years because for a lot of those years, the, scru- the scrutiny was just not what it is now. And he said that's why he just doesn't think it's possible because you look at Wenger and he's just under the most intolerable pressure. And it's all part of that, isn't it? But I mean, that's going off tangent a little bit. But I know what you're saying. Um, we we were I just talking found that interesting when Klopp said that today. I found that really interesting. It's probably a fair point that for a lot of those years they probably didn't have it that bad, whereas now the pressure is just into, almost intolerable. It's crazy. Yeah, and and I think they probably at the time they wouldn't have thought it was not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they would have thought it was quite intense then, but it, it does seem to have ramped up more and more. And Which is what Klopp said. He said, I, don't, I literally don't follow any social media because I don't read the papers. 
he said, I just, I just cut myself off from all of that. He said, my responsibilities to the club and to my family, that's it. I don't, I don't, you know, the media have their job to do. But he said, I don't, I couldn't care less what they write about me, which is a great attitude to have. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. What Mourinho did yesterday, where he's obviously taken to heart everything that is written about him and had a meltdown, so. <laughs> so at least uh, at least at the grassroots level we don't have to do that unless there's a yeah. a local village paper or something where yeah uh, the on the back on the back pages all the parents can yeah. vent their spleen about all the things we're doing wrong with yeah. coaching the team we've done quite well this season a lot of games but if we've got a losing streak i might have parents turn up with placards saying roger's out or something like <laughs> yeah. You know, then then maybe I've got to sort of have a look at myself. But yeah, well, we we, we were. I mean, you've done quite well this year, haven't you? But uh, you know, we were talking about. You know, Conte seems to be on the end of of his career. Last last year, Ranieri got sacked, and and so you know, there's two managers there who've won the league, and then the year after, you know, their jobs are on the line. So it's it's insanity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so we, we love it though. We love it though. That's where we we want to get to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So, so should we wrap it up there? Yeah, sounds good. It's been, it's been I've really enjoyed that. It's been a good discussion. Yeah, yeah, really good. So, thank you for listening. If you want to reach us on Twitter, we're at Groots Coachcast, and if you want to email us, our email address is grassrootscoachcast at gmail dot com. Um, we'd really appreciate a five star goal that's a review get more people interested in the podcast and spread the word and we hope you really like uh, what we're talking about so far so my name's ben thanks for listening speak to you next week thanks a lot everyone take care